Hello, and welcome to Spring Forward Live, the podcast that inspires you to make a positive impact. I'm Abel Costa, a visionary making the unimaginable possible. Today, we have Dr. Michael Shea, an educator and author in the field of somatic psychology and biodynamic craniosacral therapy, a former student of His Holiness the Dalai Lama. The motivation behind Dr. Shea's clinical focus, treating infants and children with neurological problems and developmental delays. To date, he has written the most in-depth five-volume manual on biodynamic craniosacral therapy. In our conversation, we explore trauma and deep safety. This is part two, a series of conversations on the human connection. Without further ado, here is Michael. Hi, Michael. Given your years as a teacher, teaching meditation and biodynamic craniosacral therapy, what would you say are some of the deepest forces that created and support life? Wow. So, you know, I'm, I'm coming up on my 70th birthday in a month. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you look fabulous. <laughs> you know, the reason I mentioned my age is because um, I now have experienced and believe what these deeper forces are and these deeper forces are love and compassion. And I, I think on the one hand, you know, we can say love and compassion and really what does that mean because we've heard it over and over and over again and then part of the audience is sitting there going oh well that'd be nice but i really haven't experienced love in a long time and or compassion and and so forth and i i think for me when we talk about love and compassion it's it's really embodied love and embodied compassion so how do I experience in my own body what I would consider love? And I think that's a very unique and individual exploration of mindfulness of the body for everyone. Because the way I might describe it right now in this podcast is going to be different than a than hundred other people listening to it. I think compassion, which has been also a, a lifelong study and practice of mine, um, and, and practicing compassion meditations also needs to have a sense of embodiment. And how do you embody compassion? Well, it's done in steps. And without turning my response into a lecture, the first step is you got to feel your heart. You got to feel the movement of your heart consciously. You know, this is a, a, a Sufi practice extraordinaire, but it's also in, this, in the neuroscience is called interoceptive awareness. So embodied compassion begins with the felt sense of, I got a heart, what does it feel like? And can I feel it without having to take my pulse? Can I actually feel the movement of my heart in my aorta? And once we do that, we know that the research says that that has the potential for changing brain structure, if I can sustain that conscious awareness of the heart movement. You know, biofeedback to me is reading the brain with EEG. I can recall the first time I wired my brain. Because I was a student of neuroscience, I remember watching the squiggly lines on the screen in real time. And as a student, I was in awe to be witnessing my brain in action, which I think translates to compassion. What are your thoughts? You know, compassion in that sense, and I completely agree, Abel, 
compassion has to be rooted in our biology. It's no longer philosophy. It's, you know, it's no longer something that's rooted in Eastern thought. It is rooted in our biology. Um, and that, that first part of compassion is to have compassion for self. And I think that's, again, thematically what we started talking about is when we have that flaw, how do we develop compassion for ourselves? And I should uh, in, say something very interesting with the research. Um, there's research on what is now called fetal microchimerism. And what that means is that uh, the placenta does not really allow a lot of cell trafficking back and forth. It allows molecules to move back and forth, molecules of nutrition mainly, but then a lot of waste products and genetic material and so forth. The cells, though, that get through to the mother, the fetal cells that live in the mother after birth, they have found that these cells are oriented towards the health and well-being of the, the mother's immune system. They have found to be helpful in fighting um, breast cancer, for example, and heart problems uh, in the mother. So they find that these cells from the fetus, and just the, in the same way that the cells of the mother go into the fetus, these are compassion cells. They found compassion cells, you know, and it's all a part, part of our human development. And I think that's a beautiful thing to understand that once again, this is an embodied practice. We have to find this in our body. Do you think if a mother practiced mindfulness, these compassion cells would be enhanced during her pregnancy? Absolutely. And I think also I've developed, uh, along with several midwives, uh, and published uh, an appendix in a book uh, put out by Norton Publishing, uh, a, a new model of pregnancy. And it's called the compassion-based model of pregnancy. Because when you really look at this literature, you see that we're designed to care for and to love each other. And, and no matter how many clients I have that have these horrible prenatal things that they've been told happen to them, you know, nonetheless they're alive and the basis of that underneath all of it is this compassion between the mother and the child in utero and i'm not discounting the horrendous problems that go on and the fact that a lot of mothers don't feel compassionate at all this is a, a lot of women that i work with now young women who are pregnant are in a state of overwhelm and this is a really um, sad thing to see. And that's what I, I try to promote is just a feeling of relaxation. And can you relax and let the compassion flow? It, you, you don't have to do a practice, although some of the midwives do teach uh, what are called uh, the four immeasurables, where they teach the pregnant mom to wish uh, health and happiness to their baby and wish it to themselves and then wish it to all beings. And then so it's, it's beautiful uh, practicing those um, nonverbal uh, expressions of compassion whenever possible. Thank you for that, Michael. And I'd like to add, this would be true for anyone. If we simply relaxed more and learned to chill out, we would have more opportunities for compassion to arise in our day-to-day -day lives. Thank you for listening to Spring Forward Live. I hope you found this podcast uplifting and inspiring. For more about Dr. Michael Shea, his books, courses, and other offerings, visit his website at www.sheaheart.com. That's S-H-E-A-H-E-A-R-T.com. Now something to leave you pondering. 
What would happen if you experienced the world from a deeper knowing? You are the light and the greatest love story. All that is true and good is within you. Goodbye for now, in gratitude.